Welcome back to The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Let me rock you all night long. I'm trying to impress you, girl. Vans knows exactly how important small businesses are, and that's why they've created the Foot the Bill Initiative, a program partnering with community-driven skate shops. Vans will be producing up to 500 pairs of custom Vans per partner. These one-of-a-kind designs will be available until the limit has been reached, and all proceeds minus the cost of production and shipping are going straight to your local shops. So get there while you can, people. Vans.ca slash foot the bill. And if you outside Canada, as Vans.com slash foot the bill, people, they doing it for everyone. Go make yourself a one of a kind blue tile lounge or nine times shoe right now. You heard? Drop that bitch. Y'all know exactly what's going on. I'm D Jones. I got the ghost with me. As always, the bunch secret weapon. Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool ting. Shout out to Ants killing it on Instagram Live every Saturday at 8:30. If you ain't seen his DJ set, y'all slipping, man. Yo, ghost, what's popping this week, man? I heard we got one of my favorite skaters in the building. Yo, we got the big man on campus. None other than Hajalti Hallberg. My bad, my bad. Excuse me? Yeah. Uh, yo, my bad. I meant to say Yalde. The legend himself. You know what I'm saying? Even Dono learned how to pronounce his name this week. It's an honor to have him in Studio E. He's just a jolly old fellow chilling in the sauna. What more can we say? <laughs> then we're going straight to the post office. You know what I'm saying? Shit's heating up a little bit. And then, of course, we're going to squeeze out a couple sports topics in the rundown. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Holler at us on YouTube at The Bunt Live as well. And you know, we brand new on Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Bunt. That's where you can support your good homies. Ghost, I think we're doing a little something extra for our Patreons. Is that right? Yo, first off, just major shout out to everyone who's become a Patreon of The Bunt. Before we even put up what we're going to be doing for the people just out of pure love. So mad respect to y'all. But what we want to do is, uh, you know, we're huge fans of boxes here. So we want to create three different size boxes. Of course, the barn burner Patreons getting that jumbo box of pain. That ghost size box. Ghost approved. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> going to be some exclusive bunt gear in that jumbo box. The boxes are just going to get bigger and bigger as the season goes along, man. It's going to be fun. We're going to be rewarding, you know, a draw type thing from each level of Patreon. Stay tuned to that. We'll keep you updated as the box grows and uh, hopefully the Patreons (laughs) grow as well. You heard? But thanks for the love so far. Yeah, the ghost is going to keep watering. Make sure those boxes are in the sun. They're going to be growing. Three different levels for every type of Patreon. And one thing for everyone who joins, we're going to drop some bloopers 
Oh, shit. You got some good ones? Oh, bro. I've been stacking bloopers for years. Unfortunately, we haven't been doing it since day one, or we'd have like five times as many. But yeah, we, we've got some nice bloopers, and uh, we're going to do a little bonus thing where me and Donald are going to narrate you guys through <laughs> some, some epic bloopers and voice cracks and shit like that. And make sure, after all that, if you still want to holler at us, thebuntlive at gmail.com. That's where the post office comes from. So, Ghost, it's time. Shout out of the week, baby. I know you're keeping up on your skate vids. It's way too easy this week. Bunt alumni, Wes Kramer, the god himself, dropped his 420 part. No surprise there. He's just an absolute killer, man. What more can you say? He's been dropping hammers and full parts since we were in high school. So I just want to say thank you for uh, continuing to bless the skate world with your genius on a board, man. That's just more justification for the vacation, baby. When this shit's over, you know he's heading to a beach. (laughs) Get yours, Wes. So with all that said, we have Yalta Hallberg in the building. Polar God, Copenhagen legend. We worked hard for this one. He tried to hold out on us, and he did so last summer, but you know, quarantine came around, and everybody's got a little bit of extra time on their hands, and we finally convinced him to step inside Studio E, and uh, I think he had a good time, don't you? I think so too, man. Re-listening to the interview after it was done, you know what I'm saying, putting it all together, I was like, oh shit, I think this guy's our, actually our homie. <laughs> Uh, got got mad love for him. It was actually such a pleasure talking to him. Nicest dude. Fuck, me and Donald got extra love just because he's a big homie on a skateboard. Graceful. Skates at speeds we wish we could while doing fucking fakey manis and shit. So, fucking absolute beast, yo. There's only one thing left to do, though. Grab those green cans. Canada's premium pilsner. Steam whistle. The only buzz. Long time coming. We finally have Yaldi Hallberg in the building. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, it's perfect. Dude, I've been getting destroyed over mispronouncing your name by Safer for a long time. Actually, you say, Americans, they always say Yaldi, but it's Yelde. But you don't have that sound. Yelde, yeah. Yelde. Okay, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to nail it by the end of this. Yelde. Yeah. Not Hajalti, like Donovan <laughs> loves to say. Okay, when you first see it, what do you expect, man? <laughs> Jeez. So, welcome. Thank you. To the COVID Chronicles, aka the Bunt Season 11. What have you been doing to pass time while the world's on quarantine? Um, I went away right when the quarantine started. I went to this little island where we might. My mom's sister has a house there. That's where we do the cider as well, actually. Nice. And uh, I just went there to this house and I built a sauna. Oh, you built a sauna? Yeah. So I was just... Damn. Yeah, I was, I'm was. i going there again this weekend just to sit in the sauna. <laughs> Rehabbing. Yeah. Burn the virus off, yo. Yeah. Man, like I told you before, we were supposed to be heading over there real soon, man. Disappointed that our, our trip got postponed, dog. Yeah. We could have been in the sauna with you, man. Yeah, you could. <laughs> that would have been dope. What are you doing to stay busy day to day, man? It's hectic out here. It's fucking boring here now. Luckily, the weather's been okay, so I've been able to skate, but it's just 
you can't here you're not allowed to be more than five guys together and if you're mm-hmm. t- if you're together you have to have a i think three meters distance yeah so the the vibe is really weird when we are skating it's really like you can't you can't high five or anything it's just like yeah. distance skating but it's better than nothing in paris they can't even leave their house yeah that's that's hectic man we can still go for walks here and i think it's five people no gatherings more than five as well yeah two meters distance it's crazy doesn't matter who we call around the world they're going through the same thing yeah it sucks crazy time so we start every show off the same hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment that's the hardest one i think because uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not re- that's actually the reason i didn't want to do the, the show because was because <laughs> after i you guys asked me i went to to listen to a, an interview and the first question was that and then i just turned it off because oh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't really care about sports and uh, my favorite skate moment i don't that's i have no idea it's really really hard when i when i landed my first kickflip oh classic <laughs> no i don't know actually i don't really have one certain memory that really stands out it's all great man <laughs> <laughs> what about you never played sports as a kid your parents never signed you up for soccer or anything like that i, I played a lot of soccer as a kid a lot at one time when I was, I think I was 12, I really had to like choose if I was going to be a skater or a football player. So I, I remember lying in bed really thinking crazy, like, should I do this or should I do that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended up skating. So you you never had an epic game-winning goal or anything? Not really. I'm not really like a crazy fighter guy, you know? I'm not really like, yeah, I'm going to fucking... When it's, it's it's the same with my skating that's it's really hard for me to push myself crazy and make this yeah. crazy technical banger i'm gonna spend four <laughs> days on i hate that yeah so where'd you grow up and how'd you get into skating i grew up in copenhagen denmark and i actually started rollerblading first hell yeah what yeah, <laughs> yeah i Brother. think that's more common than like people think man and people want yeah. to admit. I appreciate you admitting it. I started rollerblading first. Respect, brotherhood. <laughs> Hell yeah. But then as soon as I went to the skate park with my rollerblades, I realized that, that it kind of sucked to rollerblade. And then I got a skateboard pretty fast after that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't the slider, slider rollerblades. It was just like huggy, huggy skates. Yeah, it's like some inline skates. Yeah, they were steezy. So, what was the last full-time job you worked before becoming a full-time skater? I was a substitute teacher for a long time before I started making money on skating. For the for the younger kids, like from first to third grade. Damn. I was working in a, in, I don't know what it's called, like an after-school program. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And after working there for a while, the after-school program was connected to the school. So, they asked me after a while if I wanted to to be a substitute so sometimes in the morning they would just call me in and i would i would take over the class if if the teacher was sick and then i worked in the after school program as well for a long time that's how i saved up for most of my skate travels damn okay sick that's dope yeah but i I started getting paid for skating super late it wasn't until i was i think it was 24 or 5 yeah 
till then I was just working in a normal normal job and then saved up and went away all the time. It's crazy. I'm old now though. I'm 32 now. Dude, same as same as me. Safe is only a couple couple weeks away too, so we'll weeks? all be in the same yo, boat. A couple of months, yo, chill. <laughs> I'm 31, baby. You get Dude, me. it's like April 1st. You're like less than two months, so it's down to weeks now. Oh god, I, the countdown has started, man. <laughs> but I heard you had another job. I heard you worked um, like on a cruise ship or something like that as well. No, that was. It wasn't a cruise ship. It was my one of my best friends, an old skater guy too. His parents they built like a big schooner, um, and then they sailed around the world. And then all his friends could. I saved up money to go on that trip. Damn. But it was it was like kind of like a sailing collective in a way. It mm-hmm. was like a lot of friends who just went on the sea, and then you you didn't work on the boat, but you you helped sailing it and cook food and. So it wasn't like a job, but you, oh, it was okay. just like a, a, a travel. And I, I was on the boat for, for five months. Damn. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I crossed the Atlantic Sea actually and went up to New York on the boat. What? Oh, yeah. That's insane. And it was on that boat trip I decided that when I'm going to get home, I'm going to go for it as a pro skater. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was either that or started an, an education or something mm-hmm. and then actually when i got home there was an email i was skating for card at the time and they had a they invited me on a trip to new york and that's when i met pontus and he told me about polar and he was going to start polar and he wanted me to write for the brand wow that's crazy that's so sick could you skate yeah. at all during that like four or five month period on the boat uh, yeah i Every time we came to ha- to the harbor, I, I was skating a little bit, but um, it wasn't like full on mission style because it was just me and my homie. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, I, I skated a little bit. Wow, that's, that's wild. Looks like uh, you made the right decision coming off that boat, though. Yeah, <laughs> doing it big these days. So most people know you from Polar, but what was your first big break in the skate industry? Or did you just mention it with that email from Pontus? Before Polar, I, I did a, a part for Carhartt. I don't know if it ever made it out of Europe, but it was it was a little bit of a thing in Europe. I had like a Carhartt part. You probably haven't heard of it. Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen that one. It, it got deleted off YouTube because in, in the end, I jumped into the sea naked. <laughs> And after it was, it was it was online for I think five or six years, but then it got censored. Wow! <laughs> but I think you can find it on Vimeo, maybe. Yeah, hey, we'll take a look, yo. That sounds epic. <laughs> Against YouTube rules, man. Yeah. Someone flagged it on you. But it's really different. It's me skating skinny pants and the Janowskis through the whole thing. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> it's dope. What's it been like being on Polar, going from a small board brand based out of Europe to now one of the biggest brands worldwide? It's been great. I don't really feel much of a difference because I'm still home in small Copenhagen. When I go on trips, I see the difference, of course. There's, I see Polar boards everywhere now. Mm-hmm. But in my life hasn't, ch- I mean, I'm, now I can do only skating, but my life hasn't changed drastically after Polar growing crazy okay sick. it's pretty much the same 
Just that check's getting fatter, I hope. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my sister like rocks polar hoodies and shit. I'm like, yo. No way. What the hell's going on here, yo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. The most recent polar video, we blew it at some point, was a barn burner. And you being one of our favorite skaters did not disappoint. You had a fire part. What was it like filming for that project? It was really fun. And we did a lot of trips, but it was... It was supposed to be a promo actually first. Jeez. But then during the time so much stuff happened, Kevin left and Brass got on and Brass got hurt right when he got on. So Pontus kept pushing the deadline. And all the time we were like, okay, so now is the, now is the deadline. But then it got pushed again because someone got hurt or something happened. Mm-hmm. So it, it, but that made it feel kind of natural, I guess. We were just skating and we weren't like, stressing too much in the end we were just like yeah it's there's never gonna be a deadline fuck it let's just skate yeah <laughs> it's never gonna come out anyways <laughs> so it, it was it was great i loved we did a lot of paris for that one and i, I think paris is my favorite the uh, skate city mm-hmm. so that was sick yeah paris is dope man we got to go back donald yeah we yeah. we made it out there was that last summer or two summers ago yeah two years ago it's an incredible place. Yeah, that was my my last skate trip too. Was Paris. I, I made it out, and then one or two weeks later, the the whole quarantine thing started. Yeah. Damn. I w- I was gonna go to Madrid with Bobby De Kaiser actually. Damn. Bobby De Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, he said he had to come home too. So. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby, mutual friend of ours. You've done a ton of traveling with him over the last couple of years. Can you tell us one of your favorite moments from being on the road with him? I, I remember the first time I met him, that was in Paris, actually. Mm-hmm. And he, he showed up to this, um, you know, Bastille, the big... Yeah, yeah, the, big the monument. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was the first time I saw him skate live, and it was just fucking insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was really like, holy crap, this guy is on a, a whole nother level. And then it just continued. It was just, he's just fucked up good he is <laughs> i don't know if i have like a specific moment but uh, he is just fucking insane to watch skate crispy pop bobby the shiza i like that nickname <laughs> 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 yeah so you guys have a dope travel crew paul grund bobby nick stain ben shadorn you guys have yeah. plenty of stamps on your passports together how'd this little crew get together and what's it like traveling with those guys it's really sick to travel with those guys because we are all kind of this the same age except Bobby he's the young the young guy yeah <laughs> the young ripper <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the rest of us are all all 30 or over 30 and it's it's really nice to go on some trips with people on your own age mm-hmm. so it's not only about getting fucked up and uh, <laughs> skate talk yeah. <laughs> um so it's always trips I really look forward to. We were going to go to Moscow now soon because we did one trip already. And uh, Ben said we didn't have enough footage. So we had to go back, but now we can't go. We have we have like half, half a clip ready. Damn. We need a little bit more. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. But you guys aren't all necessarily teammates. Like is, this is just a crew that you guys assembled just off friendship. Yeah. 
Me and Ben filmed a lot in Paris for the Polar video and Paul, of course. And then they, Paul met Bobby through Converse. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't remember how it all came up that we were going to do a trip together. But uh, yeah, and then Nick's, I know Nick Stain from New York and then we just, it just worked out and we did, we did that one trip where we drove through Europe and made, made a clip and then our sponsors liked it and said we could do more if we wanted to. Oh, that's so dope. Yeah. So Bobby told us that you skate more than anyone on those trips. What do you do to keep your body ready to skate that much and at that level at age 32? Sauna, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I go to the sauna a lot. Like almost three times a week I go to the sauna. Yeah, bro, we need yeah. that in our life. But now, now you can't go with the quarantine, so I build my own. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, man. Dedication. But um and then i don't know I, I think skating a lot makes it easier to skate a lot if you know what i mean yeah, yeah definitely the more time off the the yeah. harder it is to get back right yeah the last three or four weeks i haven't been skating that much because it's been really cold i usually this is the first winter and because i had a kid it's the first winter and maybe 10 years where i haven't been away mm -hmm. so and I kind of feel that on my body, maybe that it got a break, and now I'm trying to get back into the spring summer shape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty tough. <laughs> tough times in these streets with this damn quarantine shit. Yeah. But you've been skating a little bit. Yeah, I've been skating. I went skating today and yesterday and the day before. But it now my knee hurts. But it's the cold too. When it's cold, it's yeah, always the cold and tough. the damp. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, I'm getting there. Oh, that's what's up, man. Stay ready. Yeah, I will. You recently started a clothing brand, Dancer, with your friend. Uh, first off, can we get a box? And second, <laughs> what was it like starting your own company where you guys get to control everything? Of course you can have a box. <laughs> oh, shit. A fat box. He's hyped. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know if it's a clothing brand yet. It's We're still trying to figure out what it is it's more like a creative platform it's more than two guys we're now we are three three and a half guy involved <laughs> and um yeah we just we just got an office this winter as well or like a workspace where we draw and do small animations and stuff it's just we've all me and my f two other friends we've always been drawing and doing stuff and then we just like Fuck it, let's do something. Let's make some T-shirts and some video clips, and we get, we we're gonna buy the whole screen screen printing uh, T-shirt thing now too, so we can print our own T-shirts. Oh, sick! And we're still trying to figure out what it's gonna be. If it's maybe it's gonna be a little s skate shop or a store, or because the two other guys are really heavily involved involved with with clothing, right. and they've been working with fashion, and so they have really good production connections so we've been able to do our own t-shirts and they know a lot about all that stuff so it's been easy to make stuff right from the beginning right mm -hmm. when you have an idea you can put it into action pretty quickly yeah yeah that's perfect and i've seen other people really struggle with just making a t-shirt that was their own t-shirt but we we managed to do to make a nice t-shirt quite fast and a nice hoodie and it's our own our own fits and our own materials and it's so that's that's really nice that's dope yo looking forward to seeing the growth yeah me too seems like a natural progression because you 
had made some of your own polar graphics as well, right? Yeah. So sick. Now you can just do yourself. Yeah, that's 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 why too. And my other homie, he's really good with the. He's like animating a lot, and he's really into. He's learning so much right now, and we're really like charging crazy in the in the studio, doing all these weird films and small projects. So it's it's just right now it's just fun, and we try to film some skating too and mix it all up. Perfect. Love it. It's that time of the week where we hand out another box to one of our valued listeners at CHPO Brand. Steady doing it for the people. Head over to at CHPO Brand on Instagram and tell us what watches the Nuge and Vanessa Torres were rocking during their Fika break while shooting the latest catalog. Send your answer in to thebuntlive at gmail.com. And don't forget, y'all, chpobrand.com, discount code thebunt. We'll get you 30% off. Get there ASAP. You heard? So, like you said, you recently became a father. Huge congrats. Thank you. How big a change has that been for you? It seems like you're traveling, you're on the road all the time, but now you have a child, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of trips planned, but uh, they all failed because of this uh, Corona bullshit. Yeah. The big difference is the trip is going to be a little shorter. Yeah. I, I told myself I don't want to be away for more than eight or nine days right now. And then I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a trip every month like I used to. Mm -hmm. But since this Corona thing started, I can't, I haven't, I only went to Paris so far since I had a kid, so I don't really know how it is yet to be away that much. Oh, okay. And, and Paris was just four days. That was just like, my girl was like, okay, let's just see for, for four days how it feels to be alone. And then I went to visit Ben and stayed on his couch. Mm -hmm. um, and then the real trip was going to be now the real shit. <laughs> <laughs> so how old's your baby? What do, you, what do you got? A little baby girl, baby boy? Baby boy. Wow. <laughs> Uh, his his five months. Yesterday he turned five months. Damn, Dude. happy uh, five months, belated. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Big things, yo. His name is Elmer. 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 Dude, nice. So sick. Yeah, uh, apologize to your uh, wifey for us. We accidentally interrupted her breastfeeding trying to call you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was sick. Sometimes. <laughs> Some technical difficulties, but we appreciate both of you for uh, yeah. bearing with us. <laughs> you met you met my whole family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned it briefly um, earlier, but you recently started making your own cider. Uh, what made you want to take that hobby up, and what's the process been like? It's the the same place as the sauna. It's it's this house my my parents and my my mom's sister has. It's and it has I think more than a hundred apple trees. Wow. And most of the apples, if you don't pick them, they, they, they go to the ground and they're just rotten kind of. And then me and my cousin, we were like, okay, let's, let's just try to make some cider out of it because there's so many left, leftover apples. Mm -hmm. And we did it for the first time two years ago and, and the cider came out pretty good. So this year we did it again, a bit more serious and the cider came out even better. Sick. And then next fall we're gonna go full on oh let's go invite all the friends to come pick it up and 
yeah, we're going to try to really do a lot now and see if we can maybe sell a little bit or have a party or something. That's, oh, sick. that's sick, man. This man's an entrepreneur. Fucking yeah, man. <laughs> You're taking full advantage of that space you got out there. Yeah. You got a name for it? Right now, it's just called Halberg Cider because it's like a family family thing. Okay, sick. okay. We have an Instagram too. It's called Halberg Cider right now. Hey, go follow that. I'm surprised you didn't call it <laughs> Fakey Manny Cider. <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah, but my cousin doesn't skate, so he wouldn't. He wouldn't get it. Down. <laughs> this cider helps you fakey heel in or out of all fakey manis. So, how did you end up getting linked up with the Frog guys? We became friends with Jesse Alba, and he told us about your guest pro board over at Frog Skateboards. How did you get hooked up with those guys? I think it was from... I went on a, a Nike trip once with the whole uh, Johnny Wilson squad. Mm-hmm. And then after the trip, I decided to stay in New York for a while. And I just ended up skating with everyone that goes to New York and skate. They end up hanging out with Jesse, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so me and Jesse just got really good friends and Chris too. And then every time I would go back to New York, I would just, I was I would always end up skating with with Jesse and Chris because they were just down to always skate, skate I guess, yeah. yeah, fuck around, and that be they weren't being too serious either. <laughs> um, and then after uh, I don't know how many trips, they asked me if I wanted to do to to make a guest board, and we did a little clip out of it. Sick, yo, that was dope. Pontus wasn't cheese, eh? No. <laughs> He was hyped. He loves frogs too. He loves the frogs. That's dope. Yeah, Jesse yeah. also told us that after a long day skating, going Mach 10 through the streets, you know what I'm saying? Backside flipping shit. You like uh, a nice dinner. You like to treat yourself to a, a burrito. What's good with that, man? How, how the hell does that help you skate? I don't know. It, always when I go to the States, I eat burritos because you can't really get them here. <laughs> And it's it's kind of cheap and it's good and it's you get really full, and Jesse loves it too. <laughs> <laughs> so saunas and burritos, okay. I'm making notes over here. Yeah, take write write this down, man. <laughs> and cider. Yeah. You don't see too many people do as many fakie heels as you do. Some, aka myself, might say you have the best one in the game. Where did your love for the fakie heel come from? I don't. I, w- I was always doing a lot of fakey flips and then when I was filming for Pola I, I was starting to do them on flat and then I, f- I found out they're kind of easier to to get it over stuff with a fake heel and a fakey flip I don't know why whoa that's um, rare I can't really fakey flip over stuff but I can fakey heel over stuff weird you know how a lot of people are really good at nully healing over stuff and they oh can't yeah nully f- I think it's the same you push it forward a lot when you do it mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense <laughs> pondering that yeah well there's this spot in uh stockholm that we were looking forward to where you ollie up the little curb on the narrow ledge yeah and i was watching some some sweden videos and i was like damn we gotta hit that and then realized that's the one you fakey healed a while back oh that looks beast but <laughs> unfortunately we haven't yeah. our trips delayed yo but we'll get there soon we're gonna get there I think that the trash can is even higher now, actually. It's oh, taller. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. That don't bode well for us. I was going to say, I might have to fakey flip that bitch, but. Oh, yeah, hey? Eh? Get it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stockholm is. I don't know if, if Stockholm is that good for skating. For reals, eh? 
I would I would go to Malmo if I was you guys. Bobby told us to do the opposite. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stockholm is a really nice city and really beautiful, but it's 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 not that good for skating, I would say. Or you at least you really need a good guide because it's more spread out and. Yeah. But Malmo is a really boring city. It's just really good for skating. Uh, Bobby. Originally, the plan was for us to go Stockholm, Malmo, and then Copenhagen. Yeah. And Bobby said to shorten the Swedish part of our trip and go to Copenhagen for as long as possible. Word. Yeah. <laughs> that, does that sound about right? Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> no, but I don't. I haven't been to Stockholm much, but every time I go there, it's just really spread out. It's like going to Berlin. I feel like. Mm. Have you been to Berlin? I haven't. No. Skating Berlin is really hard. It's dope. Yeah, you need like a bike or you're going to be yeah. on the train all day. Yeah. But yeah, it's dope. But Stockholm is a really sick looking city and it's crazy beautiful in the summertime. Is that rail with the water right after? Is that in Copenhagen or Stockholm? Which one is that? No, that's Copenhagen. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Nick Dompier and Nolly Hill knows back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That thing looks so butter. It's perfect. You hit that thing? Never. <laughs> You need to hit it with the fakey heel nose, yo. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you and Bobby Wars dropped a savage 10-minute part, a mix of Europe and uh, footage in the States. Tell us a little bit about working on that project with Bobby and uh, how you're going to convince him to come on the pod one day. Um, yeah, that was that was from another Nike trip. I met, the, met him and we just got along real well. And then, I don't know how we got Ben involved but Ben is like them he was the reason the project turned out the way it did because he was like the he had the master plan the whole time yeah. <laughs> he had like a, a little story going on in his, in his head the whole time <laughs> he kind of nailed it yeah we just decided to do two trips one one Paris and one Barcelona and then Paris was during Christmas and it was crazy cold and Bobby got sick and it would it was a pretty bad trip. So we ended up wanted more footage and then we went to Washington sick. and it was fucked up hot in Washington. Dude, it's insane there. <laughs> so we skated there and it was fucking gnarly. And we didn't get as much footage as we wanted. So we decided to go back and when we got back it was just as hot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, it was it was a it was the one project I ever worked the hardest for, I would say. Damn. Because Bob, Bobby is so gnarly when he skates. He does not give up and he's so good at pushing himself and I'm not. <laughs> so <laughs> I really had to step up my game there. That's what's up. Did you meet the legend Darren Harper when you were down there? We we saw him the last day, but I never... I never gave him a high five or anything. We were driving away when he got there. Oh. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about him every day. <laughs> yeah. I've been to Washington twice, I think, and both times it was in the summer, and that was what I thought. Pulaski Plaza might be the hottest place on earth in the summer. It's gnarly there. There's absolutely no shade and everything. Like You want to skate because it's like, one of the illest spots there is yeah heat stroke man it's crazy there yeah what did you think of the locals at pulaski man they're one of a kind eh i like them a lot they're just it's it's like 90s vibe you can't wax the curb 
you, you got a drink. Yeah. <laughs> they they literally have they're having a party there every day. Every man. day, seven it's days so a week, they're there. Gnarly, but uh, they they were super nice to us because we were with Bubby, so they were just they were the homies. I don't know if I could hang there if I can't wax that shit. Damn, dude, there <laughs> yeah, was it's so gnarly. We were there with Morgan, and Morgan went and started waxing one of the ledges, and a, a local came right after he waxed it and rubbed the wax off with a paper towel. <laughs> like, wiped it, wiped it right off and then whipped our wax, like, <laughs> down the road. But then later on, we became friends with Darren, so we had some, we had some pull around there. We could kind of wax a little <laughs> bit if we wanted to. But, like, if you're just pulling up and trying to do your thing, like, it ain't gonna happen there. That's not the right place for it. Yeah, that's crazy. But that's why the footage looks so good there, cause the ledge is so dry. You yeah. gotta. It really looks like a, a '90s skate video. You really mm -hmm. gotta. When you do a crooked, it's it's a trick almost. Yeah, <laughs> dude. In those clips of you and Bobby at Pulaski, I've never seen like so much sweat on a human, dude. You guys <laughs> looked insane. Like your shorts are like drenched, man. It was fucked. When I, when I was walking after filming a line, the yeah. water would come out of my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like getting out of the shower. It was insane. It was crazy. Damn. Yeah, Washington is sick, though, man. Yeah. So you got any uh, video projects on the works? What can we look forward to? I'm working on a Polar promo, but it's I don't know if it's going to end up being a promo. We worked on it for a while now, and Punches keeps pushing the deadline back. Classic. Like last time. Yeah, classic. But um, yeah, there's that, and then the the clip with with Ben Shadon, mm. and then I'm working on a little. I don't know if it's gonna be a f a full video or what is it? no. You know what Noah is? Yeah, the clothing company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do a little video thing. I went on one New York trip, and I was gonna go on one now, but it's canceled. We're gonna make like a little Noah video from New York. Sick. Yeah. Can you um, give the people a Pontus Alves story that maybe we've never heard before? <laughs> Have you ever heard about the, them going to his, his girlfriend's 30th birthday in the summertime? No. no. I was there too. We all went to Pontus' girlfriend's birthday party. And uh, I'm pretty sure there was free booze. And they all just ended up dancing naked all together the whole party was just naked and jesse on top just vibing <laughs> it was sick that's hectic yeah that was a, a dope a dope one you were there too i was i was in the mix oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so you're ending your video parts naked you're going to crazy birthday parties naked vibing in the sauna all naked yeah. oh yeah <laughs> The, the, the man's comfortable <laughs> <laughs> so what are you looking forward to most when this pandemic passes man going on trips i can't wait yeah you're a road dog man you going yeah, a little stir get... crazy at home yeah <laughs> i just want to skate something something different than the same same plaza every day yeah it sucks for sure and uh, actually, I, I really miss, we can't, the skate park here is fenced off. You can't skate it right now because of the Corona vibes. Yeah. I miss skating a skate park a lot. I saw you, you were at like some old wooden park the other day skating. Yeah. The, they didn't fence that one off? No, because there's no one there. It's <laughs> like a rollerblader. 
I don't even know what it is. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that place looks the Rams, crazy. The Rams is like sand. When you yeah. roll into a Rams, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of Oscar Rosenberg, man? You seem to have spent some time with him from when he was just a little kid, when you guys first started Polar, and now he's a goddamn animal. He's low-key taking over the whole world. Yo, he is, man. Right now he's living with Tony Horch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good he's place skating. to be quarantined. Yeah, he's skating with Tony all day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's he's insane. He's he's the man. He's getting ready for the Olympics. Oh, yeah. shit. But they're, I think it's canceled. Yeah. yeah, they moved it to next summer now. They just announced. Oh, they did? Yeah, 2021 now, in July. He's going to win. For sure. <laughs> He's crazy. <laughs> While we're all quarantined and shit, do you have any movie or TV show or book recommendations for the people? I just started watching that uh, the Tiger King. Oh, oh no. It's fucking sick. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely recommend that one. It's dope. All right, I'm going to start that one today, man. I feel like everything's going to get spoiled if I don't watch it soon. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Word. Hell yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, it's an honor to be brought to you by Spitfire Wheels. Need a fresh set? The new Blue Tile Lounge times Spitfire collaboration is available through Blue Tile's online store now. Visit bluetilelounge.ca and choose from 53 or 54 millimeter Formula 4 99 Durometer Classics with custom Blue Tile and Spitfire graphics. Don't get caught slipping. Ride the fire. You get me. Yay! All right. Rapid fire. You ready, bruv? I know you stressing. I am stressing a little bit. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> favorite skater Chris Millick sick favorite video Modus of Randy favorite style Julian Stranger sick. classic shit which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate it sucks to say this but it's uh, it's Mike Johnson I think <laughs> after Modus of Randy I loved Mike Johnson yeah. but then after the, the whole fully flare vibe I had I had an OD <laughs> oh shit us too but then yo he he redeemed himself to the max in uh pretty sweet yeah that part was so butter most talented skateboarder on planet earth it's probably down on the linden damn favorite trick right now it's switchback tail hardest trick for you hard flip <laughs> <laughs> most illegal trick Big spins after lines. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Probably the fake heel over the, the can in Stockholm. Could be. Oh, yeah. Sick. That was insane. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Oskis Eliub no-spin slide in the Polar video. What's the one trick that got away? For the Bobby Warriston part thing, there was so much shit I was trying I couldn't do. I was almost crying one day. I was trying that to to heel flip up the block and then the back three. You remember that one? I, it's oh. in the video part. I did that one kind of easy and then I wanted to redo it and I just couldn't heel flip up the block. Damn. I couldn't do it for like two days. I tried to heel flip up the block and I couldn't do it. Damn. My my brain just had a fucking. How come you wanted to do it again? I just thought the back three was kind of 
nasty. But then it, it, in the end, I was happy with it. It's yeah. always like that. <laughs> yeah. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Who, who's a claimer? You got any claimers? I, I'm a big claimer. <laughs> <laughs> I claim a lot, and then we go to the spot, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to skate flat over here. <laughs> What's the last new trick you learned? Switch pup show with nose wheelie. Sick. Dream job after skating. It would be kind of sick to make a living out of making cider. Oh, yeah. Favorite local brand? Blobbies. Favorite local skater? The guy I'm doing the dance with, his name is Anton Yule. He's an OG Copenhagen ripper, 45 years old. He's what? Still, still killing it. Damn. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? There's a lot. <laughs> 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 I was skating for silver trucks for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they would just break every time I skated them. It was so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Favorite teammate ever? Paul Gunn. Worst teammate ever. That's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> Pontus is the best and the worst, so I'll say <laughs> He can be the best and the worst. Worst company. Is Silver Truck still around? <laughs> <laughs> worst trend. I really don't like this thing where you, you go into the... Maybe it's just, it's more a thing in Scandinavia, maybe, but you, you, instead of ollieing, you go into the thing and pop your nose up. Blobby's kind of oh, started it, yeah. but now some people here take it to the next level and it's, you can't really go fast doing that. So they're just like, yeah, what, you, like, you, what do you what call I, that? When you like nose, like ride your called. nose into it and then pull the board pop up. Pop it up, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that too much. That's um, a big thing here. Worst style. I was gonna say Chris Cole, but he's kind of—he's so bad that he's kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? I don't like Bubby D. Kaiser. He gets pissed all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that board be getting thrown around, eh? All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up our interview with Yalda, dude. Thank you so much, man. Well worth the wait. Happy we got to do this. Thank you. Hell yeah, thanks, G. Stay safe out there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you too. Welcome back to the post office. This is your chance to be heard. Send in your emails to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Maybe add in a little voice note if you feel an extra spicy. Ghost, who we got up first? You've got mail. All right, first up, we got an email from Brett Nakamoto. The fuck's so funny, Donald? What's up, Bunt fam? <laughs> I was just wondering if you guys have been skating much during all this craziness. If so, in what way? I'm sure the GTA... That's the greater Toronto area. Is much like the lower mainland here in BC, where you obviously can't use the skate parks. The town I live in even locked up my underground parking lot ledge spot. So in dire straits, I built myself a little box to skate at home. Anyways, hope y'all are safe, and thanks for coming back early. Hype for the next 11 weeks. Wow, I said weeks when it says Wednesday. <laughs> Hype for... <laughs> Hype for the next 11 Wednesdays. Peace, Nakamoto. Hell yeah, Brett. 
Thanks for the email, Seifa. Thank you for that. Always a good laugh listening to you uh, work through these emails, dog. Oh, God. Yeah, it's pretty crazy out there. You see a lot of people go- still going skating, doing shit like everything's normal. To pass the time, I've been skating a little bit of flat, going on some solo sessions sometimes. Just trying not to do too much, you know? Yeah, I ain't skating. I can't skate right now, unfortunately, but... Thankfully, we're in a pandemic, so my FOMO levels aren't that high. It, it does look fun to go out and have these little solo sessions, you know what I'm saying? Shout out Justin David. Check him out, two first names on Instagram. Putting out these killer edits, skating by himself in the streets. Hope you're well too, man. Thanks for the love and respect on building yourself a box. That's some real shit. All right, next up, we got an email from Jay. What's up, homies? Hope's all good during these crazy times. Big respect for bringing back the pod early, though. The people need y'all more than ever. I'm still working a little, and the pod definitely helps me get through my day. Question. Name a couple of your favorite Brampton skaters. Mad respect to the OG Grant, obviously, but let's hear who else you got. Shout out Max Fairley and Jeremy Bright, who used to hold it down back in the day. Much love. Thanks for being the realist in the game. Even before the pandemic, skateboarding world has gone insane, and it's so good to have y'all telling the truth. Keeping it real and representing the people. Stay safe, homies. Jay. Oh, man, this is an easy one. My favorite homie from Brampton. Well, you said it. GP's obvious answer, but dog, one of our brothers is from Brampton. Devin Guinea, the GOAT. On the board, off the board. Just celebrated his birthday a couple days ago. Happy belated. Devin Guinea, man. The man behind the bump video, you dig? Oh, well, you stole the obvious answer. But for me, it's really a big three out of Brampton. Obviously, Devin, Grant, and then let's not forget the OG legend, Dave Lapchuk. All right, next up, we got a voice note from Leo Ranks, the legend. Let's take a listen. Yo, 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 what the fuck is good, Bunt Gang? It's your boy, Leo Ranks, checking in from an undisclosed location as always. And I know this virus got a lot of y'all shook, but I want to give y'all a PSA. There is some fucking gold to be tapped into here, people. Me and my squad, practicing social distancing of course have been skating forbidden spots de-knobbing old spots and making new spots in places in downtown areas where you would never be able to fucking do a such a thing before i just want to let y'all know that if you are bold enough and also willing to invest twenty dollars in a hard hat and uh, an orange vest you can make some fucking shit happen stay safe out there people but also capitalize off the opportunity mixtape coming soon leo ranks out hey leo man doing god's work for your skate scene fixing up old spots denobbing other ones but make sure you stay safe out there player we love hearing from you yeah real shit bruv and damn leo sent us a video of a, a rail he just put in the street somewhere with a little kicker to it <laughs> <laughs> kind of a loose steve barra looking spot but uh that was a nice back over crook bruv and we challenged you to do a back nose grind revert or back over crook revert whatever you want to call it if you nail that we'll have to post it up on instagram keep killing it bruv stay safe 
All right, next up, we got an email from D Thrillson. What's good, Ebunk gang? Blessed to have you boys back early. My question is, what do each of you guys think is the illest possible backtail variation? Regular, switch, what tricks, if any, in and out, back to regs or fakie, you get me? Let your imagination run wild. Much love. Well, I'm a less is more kind of guy for the most part. I just, my favorite is switch back tails and back going back to switch, like not coming out fakie or whatever, landing regular. Just a clean switch back tail controlled with a little pop back to switch. Nothing cleaner. Give him a little tech one, man. What's a nice little tech back tail you like to see? Oh, okay. Fucking, if we're going in and out, the cleanest thing I like to see in is, well, usually a crispy switch flip back tail and out clean big spin i don't know it always depends man with the tech shit like it's just how clean you do it because if you're doing any anything in or out that's sloppy i don't want to see it real shit i love all the variations except i hate back tail like three flips or whatever you know what i mean yeah like you don't want to see it get too tech yeah <laughs> one i always loved was the switch back tail 270 stevie in the dc video thought that shit was hella crisp for a tech one but I'm not a switchback tailor, so I gotta go with those regs ones, man. Maybe cab back tail. I like that shit too. Oh, true, yeah. Those are fly. Alright, next up we got an email from Mike Costello. What do bunt gang? In the Jake Phelps episode, my absolute favorite. Safa talks about getting a video from Jake. Not Phelpers. You're not his dad. <laughs> Bombing Dolores at 6 a.m. Do you still have that? And could you please upload it to the gram? Your neighbor from New Hampshire. Yes, actually, I do still have that. I thought we posted it. Yeah, we did back when his back when oh, his episode you know came what? out. We might have. It might have been a story. It. We might have trimmed it or something too, because I remember it was before IGTV. I'm pretty sure I still have that. And uh, yeah, why not share that with the people? It was fucking awesome. Hundred percent, one of our greatest memories in Bunt history, man. Linking up with the legend Jake. I couldn't believe that. I woke up early that day too, which is rare and he's west coast time and he texted me before i even woke up at like 5 a.m or something with like just a minute of him talking to me in the camera and then bombing the hill fuck man rest in peace jake phelps legend all right next up we got an email from thomas mckay first off i need to thank the ghost for getting me to actually do some yoga after my last letter a year ago, I still think it's pretty kooky, but I stuck with it and now my dusty 31-year-old body is feeling limber and I'm getting all my old tricks back still. The Will Marshall episode was fire and funny as hell, just like all the Canadian episodes have been, but we know there is more to some of these stories and the people need to hear them. Got a shout out, slap poster, things, things, things for the idea. Could we ever see a bunt Canadian round table bonus edition? with Will Marshall, Matt Canadian, and Mitch Barrett. I'm sure there are some other roundtable guests, but that could get pretty good too. That's guaranteed to fill up the Patreon bank account real quick. Also, put the Patreon link up in the bio so that people can support. The shit is hard to hunt down, and I'm not about to remember a URL that someone reads out in a podcast intro. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Patreon.com slash the bunt. Don't get much easier than that. Dude, the bonus episodes and the bonus things we could do for our Patreons, the possibilities are endless. 
a little round table edition could be in the works man yo real shit yo respect for doing that yoga fuck i did yoga with donovan and our boy tommy via facetime like a week or two ago haven't done it again since i'm slacking but i'm glad you took my advice that i didn't even take and you're feeling limber out there bro and i've been doing it every other day man a little 20 minutes it's not bad dog guess it up. opens up the hips g <laughs> yo uh, as far as that round table that just sounds like a fucking magical time funny obviously before we did the podcast like that's just a regular hangout if you go to ottawa but throw <laughs> some throw some microphones in front of the canadian mitch and will together who the fuck knows what's gonna happen 100 percent. yeah once this shit's over we'll definitely start getting creative and, and trying to make as much bonus content as we can for that patreon life hundo p thanks for the email man all right next up we got an email from nicholas montoto let's take a listen <laughs> Yo, since you guys keep it real and don't just kiss ass like the dudes on the nine club, I wanted to know how you feel about Mark Gonzalez. Don't get me wrong, yo. I respect all the OG skaters. Mark as a legend is fucking crazy. Style God. Wallenberg ollies. Fucking board slides down kink rails. He did the fucking first try on the car wash, even though Cardiel was the first to land it. You feel me? All of that shit, I back it 100%. However, the only thing I can't back is when people fucking trip out and hype him up when he's doing like the funniest or the weakest shit. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to see a post on Thrasher of this dude tic-tacking in fucking New York traffic with some like rainbow pants and shit. Like, where do you draw the line, even if it's a legend? You feel me? That's just how I see it. I don't see anybody clowning him even as a joke. It's like, no one can fucking say shit. But let me know what you guys think, yo. Damn. Damn, yo. Montoto. Titled the the audio clip Grandpa Gons, too. Yo, Montoto coming and swinging for a legend. Wow. One of the funniest Gons clips from my memory is, remember the on-video section where they gave everyone like a couple days in this big warehouse to build whatever obstacle they wanted. Yeah, yeah. And some guys would build like classic, like ramp to ramps. Someone built like a huge hubba and Gons built a teepee and he skated through the teepee and like shook his hands in a weird way. And that was (laughs) Gons's like, that was his obstacle. And everyone was going crazy. Oh shit, man! I ain't gonna knock Gons in any way. Like you said, he's the goat, man. Fucking pioneer in the game, dog. If you don't like it, just don't watch it, man. This is what it is. Yeah, it's just like we say with uh, ourselves, man. If you don't fuck with us, no one's putting a gun to your head to listen. Gons, yo, I'm just comparing it to like, let's say, a Charles Barkley. You know what I'm saying? One of the greatest of all time, and now he's just like the funniest commentator, but. He can do no wrong, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's put in the work, he's got that legend status, and once you have that status, you can be as loose as you want, just like Barkley is on TV every week, and people just love it. And if you don't, turn off the TV, you know what I'm saying? But he he put in so much work, he's such a pioneer of street skating. 
taking handrails to the next level and shit that you just if you don't enjoy it you just got to deal with it I, I think we talked about that with costin one time too someone emailed in bashing costin's antics but it's the same thing man he's fucking bro go watch minic maddie again you know what i'm saying like once you reach that legend status as long as you're not doing fucked up shit to go to jail or something if you just want to be creative and a loose ball in the streets and do coffin grinds or whatever nothing you can say about it he's earned the right to do whatever he wants man montoto you cracked us up though g yeah keep respect. bringing those keep bringing those fire takes man yeah for sure all right y'all that's gonna wrap up this week's edition of the post office y'all know where to find us the bunt live at gmail.com send them the voice notes and emails we'll get y'all cracking for episode three Welcome back to The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. Last week, we dove into everything quarterbacks in NFL free agency. And this week, we sparking it off with some wide receiver news. The trade heard round the world. Man, I talked about it last year a lot. Bill O'Brien doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And damn, he proved it again, dog. He went and traded easily a top three wide receiver in the game. For pretty much nothing, dog. He got an old RB who wasn't even playing on his old team. A second round pick and a fourth rounder is what he got for D-Hop and his own fourth round pick. So essentially, he got David Johnson and a second for D-Hop, bro. And David Johnson is on a terrible contract. Any way you break it down, it makes no sense. I think I heard Bill O'Brien trying to defend it, saying that they wanted to, to add depth, basically you know layer their other positions like yo what the fuck when you have a top five guy at any position if you're gonna trade him you better get a massive haul not david johnson sadly dog the falcons off. got a second round pick straight up from muhammad sanu yeah dude oh. <laughs> like what in the world you lost money and d-hop it makes absolutely no sense man i know they went and signed Cobb, and then they added Brandon Cooks, both guys who are, sad to say, but over the hill, you might say, man. Randall Cobb just hit the jackpot. Three years at 27 mil, what in the hell? That made no sense. That made less than no sense. He was already looking dusty in his last season with the Packers, and then, you know, he had an okay season last year, but that's not someone I'm giving three years, 27 million to. Are you kidding me? The problem with D-Hop was they didn't want to pay him anymore. In football, I don't think you can trade one star for two scrubs and and try and make up for it that way you know it's just disgraceful if you're gonna take on that shitty running back contract too like if they just acquired some picks but didn't take back the money it's like the money you would have paid the d hop you're now paying to david johnson randall cobb and fucking brandon cooks who you know seems way like more money one in way one more injury money away from his career being over like it, it just makes no sense but obviously we've heard the rumblings that there's just it's a beef thing with between d-hop and, and bill o'brien he's a fucking yeah he's like I read jerry, today actually that he's a he's yeah. like what's his face from the bulls man oh jerry krauss jerry krauss i read man, today let, that d-hop <laughs> went and asked for more money because he knew that would lead to a trade oh but the money doesn't make sense because you're giving it now to david johnson to randall cobb and to brandon cooks the thing with David Johnson is you could have just given a pick for David Johnson. 
Like, that's how it works. If you trade dead money for a pick, that's all you need, man. My question to you is, what does Deshaun Watson do now? Maybe he goes and asks for some. That was easily one of the best one-two tandems in the league. Most definitely. One of the scariest to go up against in fantasy, and somehow you lucked out, and they both flopped in week 16 <laughs> in the playoffs for fantasy. But <laughs> it's scary to think, but Deshaun Watson, I can see this leading to him now wanting to leave town if they start off the year horribly and and next thing you know d hops catching bear touchdowns in arizona and then let's say deshaun weasels his way out of town they've got no choice but to fire bill o'brien and then you're just left with a restarting team with a bunch of fucking trash yo. dude after the last two seasons bill o'brien should have been fired anyways so there's no one to blame except for ownership in Houston. I don't feel bad for anybody in this situation. I feel bad for that the fans. That comes from the top. The fans. For bro. the fans, sure. But like, they have no choice. Like, they're going to ride or die because that's where they're from. Inside the organization, it comes from the owner, man. He's the real problem. Moving from a terrible trade to a trade that benefits both parties. Stefan Diggs packing his bags and heading to Bill's Mafia. Somewhat of a diva wide receiver, always complaining about getting the ball. Had to fight with Adam Thielen for touches. Now becomes number one wide receiver in Buffalo. The only thing is, Josh Allen isn't ex isn't exactly an accuracy king, is he? Yeah, we'll see. The grass isn't always greener, so this one's going to be real interesting. I mean, Kirk wasn't throwing much, but at least he was accurate. So now he's going to go to you know Josh Allen, who who loves to run himself. They got Singletary, John Brown. But I like this. I like this for wins. I like this for us going to Buffalo once a year and getting to see Diggs now and this team that could potentially take over their division. Uh, I'm happy for both sides on this. You know you know how I feel about the Vikings and Kirk and, and the Bills Mafia. So I hope it's win-win and both sides are happy. No regrets. This also bodes well for everyone's fantasy stock. Adam Thielen, he's going through the roof. Woo! Kyle Rudolph. He might get a couple more touches. You know Diggs is going to get some more long bombs down there in Buffalo. If you can add a couple long touchdowns to Josh Allen's resume, that ain't going to hurt either. But this is how a trade is done. Stephon Diggs for a first-round pick. It's easy. Love it. And Bill O'Brien, what are you doing? This year, I'm not surprised to see all these wide receivers moving because you got a diva on your hands, someone who wants too much money. Not D-Hop, but you know, someone more fringe. It's like, okay, pack your bags. We're going to get a pick and draft one of, like, this is supposed to be one of the best classes in a long time for wide receivers. So uh, we'll see uh, who the Vikings pick up, man. Should be interesting. couple free agency signings. Emmanuel Sanders leaving what seemed to be a perfect fit for him down in San Francisco, joining an already stacked New Orleans team. I was listening to Brandon Marshall on first take this week. And he says that New Orleans done, man. That their window is closed. Drew Brees and Sean Payton ain't got what it takes anymore. Uh, your thoughts on the future in New Orleans? Yo, that was crazy. I heard that too. But when they kept saying Brandon, Brandon, I didn't hear when he got introed. I didn't know it was Marshall, the legend. I was just like, damn, who's this crazy Brandon motherfucker coming in here going off on the Saints? And and Max and Stephen A kept trying to like interrupt him and he just kept going like they're done. He was snapping. But that that was very entertaining. He could have a point, but maybe I feel like he's maybe a year early on that. Like I still see them being the top of their division. I mean, we'll see what uh Tampa Brady can do, but 
Emmanuel Sanders going down there. I don't know what he's doing. Ring chasing. Maybe just the 49ers weren't weren't about that life anymore. They're probably they might be drafting a, a wide receiver high up too. So I, I don't blame the 49ers for wanting to move on, even though he seemed like a great fit. Um if he caught that fucking touchdown, goddamn man, that might have been a Super Bowl right there. Jimmy G Absolutely. overthrowing them on them. The Niners did a pretty good job in saving themselves some money there. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. As far as uh, the Saints, what, what do you think? Does that make them better or worse? And do you agree with Brandon Marshall? Well, I never thought of it the way Brandon Marshall put it, but it's starting to make sense, man. They can't <laughs> get over the hump. They can't get to the Super Bowl again. Hell of a regular season team. But Drew Brees seems like he's losing a step every year. Alvin Kamara looked a lot less like himself. It'll be interesting, man. And the division's only getting tougher with Carolina improving, Tampa improving. It's crazy. It's getting harder and harder. I remember when I first started playing fantasy and you took me under your wing and you were trying to explain to me that running backs, you know, they might just pop for two years and then you'll never hear about them again. Like it was hard to, it was hard for me to grasp that concept at first because you just fall in love with these top five RBs every year in the draft. And for my first four years, it was like, okay, I keep seeing Zeke, this guy, that guy. But now it's it's been four or five years and I'm like, okay, the top five guys from my first year like are irrelevant now like david johnson's dust you know Lev bell zeke lost a huge step lev bell hopefully he bounces back because i i love him on and off the field um but just all these guys that were studs demarco murray you know he's retired it's crazy man mccaffrey's the man now we'll see how long that lasts todd Gurley, it's it's Ooh. fucked i used to be in the camp of like man like running backs have the worst deals and they get fucked but it's just the way the league structures it's sad man they need to be able to give these guys big contracts on draft day or like going into their second year it's so unfair that's why i was extremely excited for cmc getting his money what he could man yeah no for real but let's wrap up these last two notable signings with wide receivers robbie anderson finds a new home down in carolina and our boy fantasy stud at the end of the season Brashad Perriman leaving Tampa Bay to sign with the Jets quick replacement for Robbie Anderson both making some good cash what do you think of these two signings there's nothing I love more than a guy who's buried on the depth chart having an opportunity due to injury and then cashing in on that I fucking love that if those guys didn't get hurt he would have been riding the pine you know playing occasionally in three wide receiver sets throughout the year but he really stepped up i just remember all the talk was like oh he has bad hands he had bad hands like his first few years never really popped off but i think he was drafted pretty high and then uh first round yeah it, sick to, baltimore ravens sick to see him have a complete bounce back I, i'm hyped man he he helped me in the fantasy playoffs even though i didn't win brought some excitement into my living room for a couple weeks there maybe i'll be drafting him in the late rounds this year we'll see yeah, we're talking about some good paydays for both of them. One year, six and a half mil for Brashad Perriman. Two years, 20 mil for Robbie Anderson. Woo. I thought Robbie Anderson was going to the Eagles, man. The Eagles better find themselves a goddamn wide receiver. Yeah, they might be looking in the draft too, man. We'll see. But yeah, I'm hyped for Robbie Anderson as well. That Carolina team is such a to be determined for me. I have no idea what to expect. I'll be tuned in. That's for damn sure. So moving from NFL wide receiver free agency right along to Netflix. The Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, premiered this week with parts one and two. How did you feel about Scottie Pippen's choices, man? The way he held out the beginning of the season, didn't elect to have surgery in the summer, 
and eventually just holding out. You can kind of see both sides. Like I saw on Twitter, someone was like, we should start a GoFundMe for Pippen, you know, obviously joking just because he made so little over that stretch. So you kind of like, man, contracts back in those days were so fucking long and you could either sign an amazing one and and then your play falls off and you fuck over the franchise or you sign one too early before your prime like scotty and you're making like what two two three million a year when you're a top Mm -hmm. 10 player in the league so i I feel where he was coming from and obviously he had his beef with jerry kraus and shit but at the end of the day i hate i hate to say it because i love scotty pippen but I think Jordan was right. He was being a little selfish. He probably just should have had the surgery first thing in the offseason. Yeah, looking back, obviously surgery first thing in the offseason would have been the thing to do. But I think he would have just held out for a new contract anyways. I don't blame him for signing. Seven years, 18 million. You look at the family the guy was brought up in. He wanted to take care of all of them. And signing a seven-year deal, that's some security you have in your financial life that he wanted. But then you look at Jerry Reinsdorf and you're like, got top five player in the league i got him on a bargain deal we're calling this season the last dance the guy's coming in the seventh year and he wants a little bit of a raise you got to be able to budge as the owner there so i'm putting it on jerry's plate give the guy a raise it's not a big deal how much money has the team made winning five championships in my eyes i'm with scotty on this you are always about the players you got to get your money when you can you never know when it's going to be over could end in a blink of an eye they're already talking about blowing the team up at the end of the season which was ridiculous i've never heard of that shit in my life the owner and the gm are telling a championship team who's won five already working on their six that this is the last year they get to go at it if i'm the bulls owner i'm riding these guys till they're retired man it's just ridiculous what the two jerry's did man savage unheard of well we're just hearing about it late because we're young but <laughs> yeah yeah but back to scotty i definitely feel you he obviously should have given him a raise and he just seemed like he was lying through his teeth when he's like yeah i told scotty he shouldn't sign that deal like yeah yeah i'm sure you did like that You're the one who printed it out that ownership group is notoriously cheap even before watching this doc that's just one of those things that's known in the nba maybe because they they fucking never reclaim that former glory from the jordan days like and just feel like they're losing out on money now because of their own stupidity over the years i mean the derrick rose era was great too he should have given him a raise but scotty should have had the, the surgery at the start of the offseason i think 100 percent. but eventually it doesn't matter if you're gonna hold out when you have the surgery anyways scotty pippen had some resentment towards the owners and i don't blame him the funny thing about parts one and two is the narrative coming out on social media is that Scottie Pippen made no money as an NBAer. Man's going bankrupt, all in this stuff. You do a tiny bit of research and you can find out that Scottie Pippen made more than enough money over his NBA career, north of a hundred million dollars. No, I'm, so. not, I'm not saying he went, I'm saying after retiring. The word was that he had a, his own plane and all this shit. Like after he retired, he just didn't manage his money well. Not that he was broke from like, cause he never made enough in the first place. I know, but everyone's talking about this contract. Like it's a defining moment oh. in Scottie Pippen's career. Yeah, no, no, no. He made he, he definitely, 18 yeah. million over seven years. Yeah. Like the guy's made more than enough money. So I talked about it a little bit already. The two Jerry's, Reinsdorf and Kraus, getting a lot of play time. Jerry Kraus was used and abused 
all over the court in the team buses. What did you think of the treatment he received from Jordan and Pippen? Hey, man, if this guy's telling you, like, they almost didn't even have that sixth season, man. Jerry Reinsdorf had to go fly to Montana, where Phil Jackson lives, and sign him to that one-year $6 million thing against Krause's, like, wishes or whatever. Mm -hmm. The fact that they almost didn't even have that last season is a fucking disgrace. You know what? As much as Jerry Krause is, like, painted as the villain, we both know Reinsdorf it's ownership who has makes the last call on all this shit so it was nice to kind of see him go against kraus on a couple things where it was like okay no we're running it back at least this last mm -hmm. season bringing back phil all that other shit it's easy now for reinsdorf to fucking sit up there and say what he's got to say and and give you his fucking version of events because jerry kraus passed away i think last year or the year before so he can't defend himself now although he seems like the kind of person who would never admit he's wrong yeah it's it's just a travesty that whole situation is insane one of the most disturbing scenes from parts one and two is immediately after winning a championship michael jordan's answering questions in a press conference about if they're able to come back next year yeah. the guy's celebrating a championship and it's common knowledge to the world that they're not going to run it back which is just insane to me so nuts i i loved uh I mean, Scotty and Jordan just being those alpha dogs, just not giving a fuck. Like you don't, you never really hear stories like that anymore of like players being flagrantly disrespectful to their GMs. But when he's like, <laughs> he's like, you want to come out in the layup line with us? We'll have to lower the rim. I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh. And it's crazy because that's what we can hear. Imagine what we did and on those team buses, man. You know Scotty Pippen was not holding oh back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I've heard, like, Jordan so far looks like not that bad of a guy, but uh, Jalen. It's going to get Jacoby, worse. Yeah. It, it's got more and more shit's going to come out where you just see him snapping on mans, which I can't yeah, wait for. Yeah, you can see in some of the practices early in that last season, he was not happy, man. Yeah. <laughs> when you're having to take the shitty Clippers team to two overtimes just to get that first road win. It's a lot of work on the man's back. All right, let's wrap up this episode of The Bunt with our favorite moments from Jordan in episode one or two. So this whole shit is just so exciting for everyone, our generation, because we're a little too young that we don't remember this shit or never watched it in the first place. I'm sure older people are hyped to reminisce and get some more insight. My favorite thing that I didn't know before was uh, that whole broken foot situation, which, holy mm -hmm. shit, that's gnarly. Like, his career almost could have been capped uh, in his second season. But the 14 minutes per game shit was just ridiculous. Like, that team was going nowhere fast. And I think, what, he missed 64 games, so that only left less than 20. For him to go off like that in seven minutes a half is so fucking funny. Just so sick that he willed them to the playoffs man and didn't even get that paxton shot to save their season was awesome and that just shows his true spirit players nowadays be resting at the end of the season oh we're headed to the lottery like fuck this like i can't wait to go to fucking cabo or whatever you know like this guy was like hell fucking no by any means we're making the playoffs even if we have to face the fucking celtics man it was so funny hearing paxton's recollection of that shot talking about how he just threw something up at the net and it went in <laughs> Yeah. That had me cracking up. To your point as well, it was crazy how he went back to college and he was just playing basketball without them even knowing. 
He's yeah. talking about how he started with a little bit of one-on-one, then two-on-two. This guy shows back up in Chicago telling them he's been playing basketball. They almost shit a brick. That must have been so fun for those college students. Just like oh, yeah. the most skilled player in the world just chilling with you guys, like going through the motions one-on-one, two-on-two. Some memories you hold on forever. One of my favorite moments from the first two episodes was that playoff series with the Celtics, seeing his two performances in game one and doing even better in game two. He looked like a, a man possessed, going at a team of legends. Guys, there were almost all seven footers. The surprising part was to see someone do so well and take over the game completely and then lose by 30 points. <laughs> Just goes to show you how good those Celtics teams were. Real talk, man, that was, that was wild. When he said that quote about, I was like, like a wild dog. Like when they took the minutes limit off, that shit was crazy. Yo, I'm hooked. I know everyone out there is. Cannot wait for next Monday. Or I guess Sunday in the States. We get it on Netflix at 3 a.m. on Mondays. Funny little tidbit is I was convincing Bridget to watch it with me while we were eating dinner last night. And I told her it was a basketball documentary and she was kind of iffy. And I turned it on and she's like, oh, it's about Michael Jordan? Yeah, I'm down to watch this. I thought it was about LeBron. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this kind of cracked me up. Yeah, so far, LeBron fans are probably still, like, you know, feeling themselves. Jordan's true greatness hasn't been fully explored yet, but I can't wait for this to go on to see if some people kind of wake up and smell the sugar. We were talking about it on the phone yesterday, me and you. Like, <laughs> wake up and smell the sugar. I wake up and smell the coffee. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink coffee, but I definitely have sugar in the morning. Um, <laughs> waffles, baby, with cinnamon and maple syrup. You day. The majority of LeBron truthers are obviously from this generation, right? And it's the same thing mm-hmm. with anything rap, you know, sports teams, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's a prisoner of their own era. Usually says whatever's happened. Like, Drake's the best artist of all time. LeBron's the best basketball player of all time. Jalen Rose said on, on their pod yesterday, I think he's like, he's like, I'm done arguing with people that are under 40. So I love people like Jalen Rose, who actually was drafted in 94, was in the league for the second three-peat. He played 12, 13 years. So he played against Kobe. He played against LeBron for like five, six years. He was in the league, you know, to see all three of those guys. And he says it's not even close. Like if you got a bunch of guys who played 10 to 15 years that crossed the LeBron and Jordan, and you pulled all of those guys, that's where the truth lies, I think. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Bunt, a very extended rundown this this week, and you can uh, plan for a lot more with these Jordan docs dropping weekly. Hell yeah. Peace, listeners. Peace, <laughs> listeners.